If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Marleya. It's Kentucky week. It is Kentucky week. (laughs) And Instagram knows because we've got, uh, and Facebook and Twitter, I all know, because we've got pictures of our hats that we made this week to celebrate the Kentucky Derby. Yes, and although I do think our hat's a little more woo-woo than... Horsey. These are not derby hats. <laughs> These are definitely not derby hats. We sat down with the intent of making derby hats. Mm-hmm. Like, we came to the pod basement and yeah. we got glue guns and boxes full of, like, things. But there wasn't much tool in there. And, of course, like, Patrice no and savage. I being who we are, right? we ended up with googly eyes and bats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because that's what we have laying around. <laughs> That's how we craft. <laughs> That's how we craft. Google so, so we did this while <laughs> we did this while watching for the very first time for both of us. Right. The uh, I would say the new version of Stephen King's It, which yes. is no longer new because everyone who's not terrified of clowns has seen this years ago. <laughs> well, yeah, 2017 is when it came out. <clears throat> so, uh, creepy scars guard. Yes. In it, and uh, if you follow us on the social medias, you will have seen how we watch scary movies. Because <laughs> bartender Courtney was here making her hat too and mm-hmm. watching this with us yes. and laughing her ass off. <laughs> yes, we definitely had the layer of protection. At least I did. So. Oh my god! Every time I turned around, you disappeared a little more. <laughs> like I could see your whole face at the beginning, and then I would turn around, and the blanket had gone like up past your chin. And then at one point, I could not even see how you could watch it anymore because it was like all the way up to the hat brim. <laughs> yes, I was definitely doing some. That was my version of peeping through my fingers. Um, at some of the more intense, and you know, honestly, the clowns. Because he looks so much like Carrot Top, first of all. <laughs> so that helped a lot. Not, you know, me not being so terrified of him. Mm-hmm. The thing that freaked me out was the lady in the picture. Oh, my God. With, I know. The flute. Was it the flute she was playing? Or, was it a flute? Or was she violin? playing anything? She just had that creepy ass. It must have been something because she didn't have anything up to her face. No. Because her face was, just was allowed to be its creepy ass self. Like. Right. That's freaked me out, I think, more than anything. That yeah. and the little headless boy in the basement of the library oh my god that was the one that got me yeah so yes because that, of, that was um genius direction by the way like yes. having them walk down and then I, i'm spoiling it because we're the only people who haven't seen this yet exactly like walking down the stairs and then like it passes the thresh the upper threshold of it because it's going down the stairs and then you realize it didn't have a head that was awesome yes yeah so those are the after that i was like in full woo-woo protection mode um, just waiting for something creepier to happen. But, you know, it, it was good. I, um, I did like it, I think, in some ways more than the first one. The first one, I don't know. I mean, the book is so intense. And, and I mean, I'm not even going to say it. It's so trite. It's like, yeah, the book's always better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, no, it's true. The book but, is always better. Yeah. But, you know, I did enjoy it. it. It was good. And I was able to go into the basement by myself and have not been, 
you know, assaulted by clowns or weird ladies with, you know, elongated faces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yet. That one, you know, and if you've, I don't know if you've ever, you've never seen the movie Mama, have you? I think it's Guillermo Mm-mm. del Toro might have done it or some, no. I'm trying to remember who did it. No, after like 2008, I have not watched really any horror movies. That may have been like from back then. But anyways, they're, mm. they're like villainous or they're ghosts. She has a similar facial structure to that. Mm. But it's not even the face as much as it is the way it moves. Uh-huh. Like, and that's what I think like the really genius horror directors mm-hmm. recognize like that, that it's the movement oh, yeah. that doesn't go with the figure that really like it messes your brain, hits up. your brain into overdrive. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like her face can stay as though it's a painting but everything from her chin down is moving like a right. snake all right so yeah it's it, like oh my can, god yeah unhinge its jaw oh yes and it's you know it's as soon as i like made my brain switch over to i'm not looking at a clown with all these teeth i'm looking at a shark mm-hmm. i was okay oh yeah so sharks aren't scary at all. sharks aren't, aren't <laughs> terrifying at all no but you know so i was able to like handle that mentally better but anyway so that was fun we did our woo-woo hats mm-hmm. uh meant for the kentucky derby but i think that they got repurposed yes and i'm fine they're now it. the woo-woo hats they are the woo-woo hats and we um it's um i was <laughs> you know i was walking out of the coffee shop this morning and like took looked looked to the right where you can see the police station where they film the devil all the time yeah like as you walk to the parking lot the back parking lot or the coffee shop and i just sat there and for a moment i was like oh we saw it now we've got a tiny piece of creepy scars guide forever in our town we did knowing that, <laughs> that he was here. i can't I wait for that movie before. to come out me neither um i really i would love to see like you know how they put it together where they put it together and how they do all the movie magic um it being in southern idaho uh, I'm such fuck. Ohio. Ohio. That's just going to be our, our catch all word for the box states now. That's where <laughs> in the box states. We're in Iaho. Uh, <laughs> yes. Iaho. Okay. Oh I'm going to write that one down because that's staying. That's staying. Yeah. Yes. So, Ohio. Um, <laughs> i'm never gonna be able to say that word again i'm gonna have to, like stop and think about it really but yeah long. so you're gonna have to that one's gonna be a scary movie and now see patrice's brother is trying to get her to like get on to scary movies now yeah so but tell tell them <laughs> try and tell them what movie it was that he told you to watch first oh my god okay <laughs> so this is kind of we've got some things rolling in the background that i'm not gonna fully disclose yet because it hasn't happened but it's going to. Um, one of the things, though, that I can tell you about is that my brother and I um, are going to do a Red Rum movie review, basically Red Rum review, because he loves horror movies. He has such a different take on horror movies. He can watch all of them. Uh, he just, like, eats it up. Where I, on the other hand, like, if you saw the picture, that is totally how I am with it, <laughs> which is a fairly tame horror movie, right? And so, the uh, first horror movie we watched and did a podcast for um, that hasn't been published yet was uh, Stephen King's uh, The Shining. Shining, right? yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was a lot of fun. And then he was like, okay, for the next one. <laughs> Do you need to look it up? <laughs> So the next one, and I, and again, I'm not even. I call it the Badonka Donk. The Badonka Donk. 
He wants me to watch the Badonkadonk. <laughs> Babadook. Babadook. But every time I look at that word, I'm just like, Badonkadonk. Badonkadonk. <laughs> so he wants me to watch this movie. Um, and I did a little research on it before I even like looked at it, though. Uh, I told Marley about it, and she's like, "He hates you. He hates you. So he's, <laughs> he's so like, being he, a dick to you. He's going. He's like that movie is going to fuck you up. Do the not fuck you watch up. that alone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he's even like, I, I texted my brother yesterday, and he's like, "Yeah, that movie because he saw the photos and me, you know, being the chicken over in the corner, and he's like, "Yeah, that movie's gonna fuck you up." And oh, I'm like, "Well, thanks. The Badonkadonk like, don't gonna get you. Oh my God." Yeah, the Babadook. I watched that maybe last year, mm-hmm. and um, it's 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 weird because I don't think it should be as creepy as it is. That something the way that they did it, though. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's all it has I, to do is have that one thing that strikes a chord oh, yeah. and you're scarred forever. Yeah, I don't. I may not need to watch it again, really, <laughs> but, um, but I remember it fondly. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's my new thing that I get to do. Red Rom. Red Rom. Um, let's see. Shining is good. Yeah, but it's got olive oil. I just can never it, get it, past olive oil. It does. And I go into that quite a bit. She didn't bug me as much this past time. I, I think at different stages of my life, I have different takes and perspectives on things. So it's really on crazy. Shelley Long, specifically. Yeah, on she- and especially <laughs> knowing, yeah, like the shit that she was put through. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that. I got it. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah we'll, That'll we'll all be in the other podcast. podcast right. You guys, <laughs> whenever that happens, <laughs> yes. you have to listen to it and they'll talk well, about all that shit. And we'll, we'll announce that. Um, I had a, a quick, because, okay, so everybody who listens to the show before knows um, that my dear friend, who we now just call Box Fan Chad, um, <laughs> it has been like listening to the show since the very beginning and is filled with Number one, funny shit. And number two, just right. amazing stories about all this kind of stuff. So right. since episode one, every time we release something new, I get like a page long text from Chad. Da, 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 no, da. I know about this. I know about this. And I'm like, why don't you right. write us this stuff? Because I've been trying to get him to do a listener lore and he's really busy. And it's just I think it's just easier for him to like, oh, I listened to this. I'm going to type this to you. Yeah. But I don't want everybody else to miss out on the amazing box fan Chad stuff that yes. I get. And like nobody. Sure else is is allowed to see because it just comes to me so i asked his permission to start a box fan chad segment of the show (laughs) and i'm going to make a jingle (laughs) for it and every time i get like lengthy texts from him about what the show is like um i am going to include the box fan chad section to update you next week on what happened um but uh yeah he had like interesting takes on the double trailers idea that patrice was talking about from last week and the number of those that he's seen and um you know that number of different ways they can be put together which was kind of fascinating i had no idea but um the one thing that i wanted to mention today that i've been putting off for a couple of weeks is what i did uh the satanic panic a few weeks ago and was talking about the masons and so there's a lot of stuff that we've talked about before like breathing fire out of people all that stuff is also sort of associated to the masons as well but he he just texted me randomly and said have you ever heard of the eastern star and I was like, no. And he said, okay, so apparently it's a female version of the Masons that was really popular or, you know, common in the hmm. South um, and may still be. I'm not sure about that. Um, it's like almost like a, a women's fraternity. So I looked that up and um, it is, it's like a, a Masonic group, but it can also include women. So it's not like a women's Masons, but it's like women aren't 
like disallowed from being part of it. But you have to be like related to or married to a Mason to be part of it. Right. And but their their symbol is a pentagram with a different letter or a symbol in each point of the pentagram. And so when he was a kid, he like like, you know, bartender Courtney, Mm -hmm. they um, lived up near Fort Payne in like little towns, Geraldine and Fife up near Fort Payne and um, in Alabama. And Chad was telling me there was this old cemetery near his home that was called Black Oak. And supposedly bunches of people were hung there most likely mobs you know enslaved people and um but uh you know he said on all the um on all the headstones there was a pentagram with a different letter on each point and he didn't know about this eastern star thing at the time so he they just thought it was like i think they thought it was like a satanist (laughs) cemetery um but he said people but then people would go and they would put um they would put pennies on each point of the star. So it did seem like this really weird ritualistic thing. So they were kids like wandering around the cemetery. And, you know, at that time, because he's close to our age, Mm -hmm. you know, at that time when he was a teenager, Mm -hmm. the satanic panic is like wild and free and going strong. Right. And um, so, you know, they go, uh, he, he, he says, he says, my mom explained what the Eastern star was. And he thinks he explained what the, he thinks she explained what the letters meant, but he doesn't remember. He says, I still think it's devil shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he and uh, he and Courtney were actually out for a family excursion last weekend and happened to stop. He he made everybody stop by the cemetery and they took a bunch of pictures oh, of wow. the gravestones with the Eastern Star symbol, the pentagram symbol on the gravestone. So we can share that in the newsletter if yes. you guys join the newsletter so that you can get all of our awesome extra stuff right. um, that and we can share some of those photos because they are actually really cool. And there there is there are a couple of them that do have pennies on each like point of the star. Oh, that's so. crazy. So if you want to join the newsletter, you go to our website, thestrangesouth.com. You should get a pop-up that just lets you put your email in. Or if you don't see a pop-up, there's a place on the sidebar of the website. You just plop your email into it. And again, we're not going to do any dumbass thing with your email. We're just going to send you a newsletter. We're not going to sell it. <laughs> we guarantee we, we don't have time for that. We don't shit. have time. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of work just to put the newsletter out. So go ahead and do that. And you'll be like, you know, in our small little club and get all the pictures and extra information. Um, and let's see, other postmortem stuff. I do want to give a shout out because recently we joined the Lady Pod Squad. Lady Pod Squad! And um, it's basically a group of about 1,500 women who support um, and promote podcasting. So these are all women who podcast. And it's just a great little community. And um, just wanted to give a shout out to Justine from the Cutaway Podcast, who is the moderator on Slack. Um, she was very welcoming when we joined the group because, again, we've only been doing this for like, you know, four months now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we are like constantly not knowing what we're doing. We're just faking it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so it's great to have kind of a supportive network where we can go and just ask questions. And we also, Erica Schultz of Customers Also Watch Podcast gave us the Haunted Chicken Coop for the Soul quote, which I totally Yay! love. So they actually like go in, and I feel like a dick because I haven't like gone in and listened to anybody's, but I've been so busy trying to wrap up the semester. Um, but, you know, her and Erica from Les Represents Podcast have just like instantly supported us, listened to the podcast, gave us great feedback. Um and hoping to return the favor soon. 
but yeah, great community. So if you are interested in starting your own podcast, it is not hard. Um, like I said, if we're doing it, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just wanted to give a shout out. Yeah. Woohoo! Ladies representing. Represent. All right. I think that's about all I had. Housekeeping. We're drinking the mint julep today. Yes. We can say that because again, it's mm-hmm. so it's Kentucky. We I think we may have started by saying it's Kentucky. That was a long time ago. Right. <laughs> drinking Kentucky whiskey. We are drinking bullet bourbon and knocking our microphones around. Mm-hmm. Apparently, pretty, we already did like a moonshine shot. Oh, God, so yeah, that was your idea. In, I know. In for it. I think I've only peed once today. Like I took, I, I was done. I took like preemptive Advil before I came over here. I should have done that. Um, but yeah, mint juleps are delicious, they and it's are. Derby weekend, so we're all Kentucky all the time. Yes, Kentucky. <clears throat> we haven't done a lot of Kentucky no. anyway, so. And my peeps are from Kentucky, so. Well, there you go. I, I have like some history. I've got you know I'm. I've I've got a story today. Yes. So the story was gifted to me. <laughs> By our dear friend River of uh, of uh, Barbell Baristas, okay, who um, came up to us in the coffee shop the other day and said, "I've got a story. If you're doing Kentucky, which one of you wants it?" Yes, and I gave it to Marleya because I knew that she would do it justice. It's um, it's gonna be a long a long episode, so y'all get comfortable in your car seat. Yes. Um, so he offered me <clears throat> Bobby Mackey's, which he was like, "All right," and I was like. Okay, so what is it? And he's right. like, "Is that what you, you texted t- to my chat?" Yeah, that is what I texted and to your chat. And he's like, "I don't know what this means." Yeah, he, yeah, I always text him to to Patrice's chat so that we don't like double book our stories. That you know, we don't right. do the same one. And he's just like, "I just hope I listen to all the words, and I just hope that they don't match up." Um, so yeah, Bobby Mackey's, and he looked at me like I was crazy for not knowing this. And he's like, "Have you never heard of Bobby Mackey's?" And I was like, "No." no and he's like, "Dude, same." Because that's what River says. He's like, "Dude," right? With like a crazy look in his eyes and his crazy man bun. Oh, like, and it's flopping shout out, at me. Quick shout out to River though. Mm. We printed oh, yes! shirts this week, and uh, River helped us. Well, actually, he did the shirts. He didn't help us. <laughs> I stood there. I didn't do just, shit. Just, you know. <laughs> but it was a lot of trial and error, and I think we almost got them. So. And they're beautiful. Yes. Yeah, so. And Patrice is wearing one right now. Yeah. But you can't see it because this isn't television. All right. But you did take a picture of it. I did. I and it making, should be on the interwebs. Yes. Lovely face. So, so yay, River. Yeah. Yay, River, for the story and the shirts. Thank yes. You. Awesome. He's the hero of Kentucky today. He is the hero of Kentucky. So, like he looked at me like I was nuts because I had never heard of this and he was like it's like it's this bar in Kentucky and there's like all these stories of ghosts and there's like a a dead dancing girl and there's monsters and there's murders and there's a portal to hell in the basement (gasps) and I was like what okay this one's mine Um, (laughs) and I started when I started looking it up I realized the reason that he thought I was crazy for not knowing about this is because this place has been on every fucking thing that covers ghosts oh really yes I mean it is very popular so there are going to be people who listen to this podcast that will clearly have heard of this before yes um, but not Not. in my charming special way (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) Jesus my head's getting big um so it, it's been on Ghost Adventures, the Travel Channel one, where they'd like super testosterone charge guys, like yell at the ghosts and try and get them to go away. Um, 
It's been on that show three times. Oh, I didn't know that's what they did. See, I I don't watch any of this stuff. That's the reason I haven't seen it is because, you know, we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. is I am a skeptic. You know, I don't. I don't usually watch these, especially if it's some dude yelling at ghosts. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you can hear my eye rolls from four states away. Right. So, um, you know, I mean, I did, they've been on Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters. They've been on UPN's Real Ghosts. And that's just like a tiny smattering of the things they've been on. They were on Jerry Springer and Geraldo, like in the <laughs> 80s. I'm not even kidding. Like, if Bobby Mackey and his family, I guess, were on, were on those shows in the 80s because wow. of all this. So, I mean, they've been around. Yeah. Where is this located? This is in Wilder, Kentucky which is, um, it, the, the place is called Bobby Mackey's Music World. And world makes it sound like a tad <laughs> grander than it actually is. Right. What it is, is a two-story like shingle and clapboard building sitting on a railroad track oh, <laughs> outside okay. of Newport, Kentucky. Hmm, okay. um, it's like 15 minutes south of Cincinnati. Because oh, wow. it's right over the Ohio River. So the Ohio River splits Kentucky and Ohio. Or mm-hmm. what is it? Iaho? No, Iaho. And then the Licking River, which I'm not going to try and giggle every single time I say that. It juts down south from the Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so this is the thing is on the banks of the Licken River. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> across a railroad track. And um, <clears throat> and I, I, it's a bit of a cheat, honestly. I mean, Kentucky, we're going to count. This is this is the south. This is a strange south. Right. This is like norther than Missouri wow. because of like how far up in Kentucky it is. But it's obviously still the South, especially right. I tell you this story. You're going to you're going to know it. Um, so it's been featured in all these places. The stories around this bar grow so thick <laughs> that like you've got to <laughs> well, go first in there and untangle bar, right? I know. <laughs> well, and it's been so it was built in 1850. It's been around for a long time. Oh, wow. It was a slaughterhouse originally. Oh, wow. It, I know. Like, this is the way you begin yeah, horror so stories. Was it like a, a Indian burial ground before then? Not as far as we know. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, okay. and, and it is, I'm going to go through and like say, this is verified, this is unverified at some point in here. Because like I said, stories grow so thick. Yeah. I mean, um, just, you know, and it's old too. Yeah. I mean, the story has been growing for years. So um, this is true. It was actually a, a small slaughterhouse in the 1850s. Um, and back when it was a slaughterhouse... I don't believe that this was ever legal, but um, they had three drains or wells on the basement, in the basement floor, because it goes underground, and they had wells in the basement floor, and all the refuse from the slaughterhouse floor drained into the wells, and the wells drained straight Ooh, into the river. There was, like, everything was In legal. 1850, I know, like, everything, but at some point, yeah. you know, so, the, I mean, the river ran red when the slaughterhouse was Damn. open because okay. blood ran into the river from the wells wow. like every time the slaughterhouse floor was open yeah. so that you know it's yeah great beginnings right for this story All right sacrificial blood sacrificial blood which is where a lot of people have gone with it right mm-hmm. um so <clears throat> then in 1896 there was a um not a whole lot going on really in this part of kentucky a small town you know it wasn't a big deal right. but in 1896 this woman i think she was from Indiana, um, named Pearl Bryan, was found without her head, um, not too far from the slaughterhouse. Oh, damn. And um, the reason her murder case was a huge deal, besides that this was a fairly small town and not a whole lot was happening anyway. Right. Number one, she was five months pregnant. Oh, man. Number two, the autopsy showed she was alive when she was decapitated. And number three, they never found her head. 
What the fuck? So she was only identified because like these intrepid investigators realized that the shoes she was wearing had a label in the back of them that could be traced through this sale routes back to her hometown in Indiana. So they found out who she was by tracking the label on one of her oh, shoes. Wow. Otherwise they wouldn't have known. Yeah. Um, so her boyfriend, Scott Jackson was arrested along with his friend, Alonzo Walling. And it was said that Scott knew she was pregnant, wanted her to have an abortion. She had gone there to do it. And she, uh, this is where the stories diverge. Nobody mm-hmm. really knows, but one story is that she wouldn't do it. One story is that he and Alonzo were going to do it themselves oh, and it got fuck. botched. Um, and one story was he just wanted her dead because he didn't want a baby. Right. So one way or another, yes. he killed her. Right. And um, they were convicted and hanged of that crime, both of them. Um, the stories that surround this Bobby Mackey's bar say that the head of Pearl Bryan was thrown into one of those drain wells in the basement. I was going to say, that that would make sense. And that um, the men were hanged because they wouldn't say where the head was, which Mm. doesn't make a whole lot of sense on its own, right? Um, And that is not true. Um, Each of those guys separately under interrogation blamed the other one and said that the other guy threw the head into the Ohio River, which is almost certainly what actually happened. Right. And this was four miles away from the murder, or uh, the, the... the bar is four miles away from the murder site. So it's not like she got killed in the basement and they could just walk by and throw it, you know? So that's most likely not true, but it is local lore. And it's like, it really does surround this place. Not far away. And if the, the blood stuff runs into the river, you know, if it runs into the river four miles, fuck, that's a lot of blood. Right. I know. Sorry. Okay. Ruining the lore with logic. So, so, um, there are also, of course, as you said, sacrificial blood running into the river. There are also stories about this being a satanic ritual site, people hooded, you know, people meeting Mm. pentagrams, all that shit. Portal to hell, satanic panic. This is almost certainly absolutely not true. There is zero (laughs) evidence to support this claim. Um, So at the turn of the century, the place actually became a distillery. So Prohibition, I think we should memorize this. We all need to work together and memorize the dates of Prohibition in America. Yes, absolutely. Because I've needed to know it so many times because in the South, this whole bootlegging thing is such a massive part of these stories so often. Right. So anyway, uh, National Prohibition existed from 1920 to 1933. Kentucky was ahead of the nation because they passed yes. prohibition two months before national prohibition went into effect. Yes. Well, you know, I told you my people were from Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Bootleggers. And there is a story. Yes. My, um, my great grandfather was a moonshiner in Mississippi, but his father, um, and his parents were from Kentucky, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the reason they moved down to Mississippi is because they got kicked out of Kentucky. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was all during the moonshine. I mean, I don't have anything back. It, but that makes sense that, you know, Kentucky asked them to leave and yeah. not come back. Because Kentucky, I mean, Lord, I mean, one of the things I learned when before I got this story handed to me mm-hmm. was like the weird things in Kentucky Jesus Christ. I mean, like the Creation Museum is there. There's a tire Ugh. store that also sells Bibles that's pretty famous for doing that. Wow. There's like a Bible themed mini golf. I mean, Kentucky, you may not believe in ghosts, but you believe in demons. Right. And so, I mean, the 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 Bible belt is strong right. <laughs> in this area, right? <laughs> so, you know, they, they did. They went for prohibition before other people thinking that this was what Jesus wanted them to do. And you then one. And then, right, right. <laughs> Jesus actually made one on his own, a bootlegger. Right. Um, but uh, anyway, so, yes, yes, so that you're probably right, you know, I mean, because yes. they were, they would most likely have been, like, actively working against 
right. bootlegger, you know, distilleries and bootleggers. A little bit of hell raising was also a factor in that as well. But, yes. Yes. So um, the rabbit trail I went down on this a little bit was that <laughs> <laughs> I was looking up the alcohol laws in Kentucky to try and figure out when they passed prohibition. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I realized, so in all these places that still have dry counties, mm-hmm. I, I've heard people talk about dry and wet counties before I used a to lot. live in a dry county. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I always I always get pissed off every time I drive through one. But um, <laughs> there's when I want to stop and get a drink at dinner. But um, I did not know that there is actually a technical term when you're talking about alcohol legislation. That is, um, you can be a moist county. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and there's a Wikipedia page that describes alcohol law in Kentucky, and there's an entire page that is dedicated to this is the possible definition of moist. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I just could not get enough of that. That yes, because it's one of those things where like, okay, so can you say you can sell it? Like, I think in Kentucky you can sell wine at a pharmacy, but not at a grocery store. There's a weird ass shit, like weird. really random. There are other places where you can only buy at like certain types of stores, certain types of alcohol, you know, that kind of. So those, mm-hmm. I guess, technically all count as moist. Counties. Moist sales. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it sounds so dirty. That is so bad. So anyway, prohibition. Um, from the 20s to the 60s, Newport, which is kind of the bigger town right outside of Bobby Mackey's, and that's that's their mailing address now, so it may mm-hmm. not incorporated Wild or whatever. Um, it was like Sin City of the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. because Cincinnati is the big city right up here, you know, 15 mm-hmm. minutes north, and um, that was all mobsters, gambling, prostitution, and speakeasies and casinos oh, in man. Cincinnati. Speakeasies, and so things yeah. kind of start to flood down, and the people who are going... <laughs> to do all these things in Cincinnati, you know, folks in Kentucky are realizing like, we could maybe stop you guys on your way up and get a little money out of you. Mm -hmm. So there are more people who are trying to do this in this little part of Kentucky. And, um, because in Kentucky, the Derby weekend, right. Betting on ponies is legal, but other casino stuff is not. Hmm. So, um, in the early forties, a guy named EA Brady, who went by Buck, he, um, he bought this, you know, slaughterhouse distillery, and he turned it into the Primrose Club, which was a bar with an underground casino. Hmm. Um, so, you know, Prohibition was over by then, so the bar wasn't the big deal, but the casino still right. was. And um, the thing is, it started doing well enough that mobsters from Cincinnati got really pissed off. And there was a crime syndicate in Cincinnati called the Cleveland Four that um, realized they were losing money to this guy's place and they wanted to get it from him. So oh. they sent a dude named Red Masterson down to kind of take care of the situation. Um Buck didn't want to sell. He didn't want to get like knocked out of his business. He ended up shooting Masterson in the leg with a rifle, but um, nobody pressed any charges because Red Masterson wouldn't name him because, quote, (laughs) I want to take care of this my own way. Oh, shit. So they ended up telling um, Buck Brady, you retire or we're going to fucking kill you. So he moved to Florida and left the bar to the mob. Wow. Um, well, that was a smart thing to do. It was. And then in um, 47, the mob reopened the Primrose Club as the Latin Quarter nightclub. And they had dancing girls, not unlikely more than dancing girls. Like there was one story of there being a police raid there where like 20 people had to be pulled out of the bar in their underwear. Um, mm. And uh, dinner, fancy mobster shit. House. This was right <laughs> It was a chicken house. Um, So it was like they turned it into a, quote, you know, kind of like what you would expect mobsters, like more high society looking stuff. Right. Right. Like big dollar gambling money. Mm -hmm. So um, and of course, because the mob was in charge of this, people died at this place. I'm sure they called in two local guys to, quote unquote, collect debts. 
which yeah. could be super brutal. And, and if you uh, have like two wells or whatever it was, exactly that like just, I mean, it was perfect slaughterhouse setup for the mob. Exactly. And there was even the story of a tunnel. Too, right? I know there was a story of a tunnel that led from the basement straight to the river, so they could dump the bodies out without anybody knowing. Yeah, so I mean, it was like made for them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was like it was perfect for <laughs> it the was mob. Perfect. So um, police raids finally did wear them down. They got their liquor license taken away. They ended up closing down in 61. Like they would come and take sledgehammers to the walls to get the um, the slot machines out. Damn. I mean, they were they had their eyes on this place. Yeah. So they finally closed it down. It reopened a bunch of times. It was a bingo hall once. There were stories of it being a biker bar where there were enough shootings that they ended up calling the place the bloody bucket for a while. Wow. We got to um, go here. I mean, so in this place and and then in 1978, Bobby Mackey bought the place mm-hmm. and decided he was going to turn it into a honky tonk. <laughs> so, um, you know, by the time he bought it, it was really kind of torn up. So this guy, Bobby Mackey, um, he was a country singer and he wanted to have a career in Nashville, but, and he, he could have, it mm-hmm. sounds like, I mean, he could, he did record and, um, you know, he had a lot of talent, but you know, he'd played in local clubs for a long time and he recognized that he had a pretty good cash cow doing that kind of work. And if he had a place of his own where he could have that stage open for himself on a regular basis, he would be able to kind of go up to Nashville or go over to Nashville whenever he wanted and, um, and record and, you know, not have to lose money. Cause at this point he's got a little girl and a wife and another kid right. on the way. So he's like, okay, so I'll buy this place and I'm going to set it up as a honky tonk and we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it was a mess when he pulled up in 1978. I'm sure it was like, it was moldering inside. There was all kinds of shit laying there from like decades of different, like the, all the different lives this bar has lived. Right. There's stuff left over from it. Layers and layers. I would imagine. Oh, everywhere. So yeah. it's like, you know, they walk in and it's like old hardwood on the floor and loud pipes. You can hear just cranking, like clanking and creaking. And, mm-hmm. um, you walk in the front door and there's this mirrored hallway, like, all the way, you know, a long hallway that goes to the main bar. It's like a 40 foot bar. It's not a small place oh, at all. Wow. Um, and off the main bar, you know, he looks up and there's this like arch doorway and it has the fiesta room written on it. You go in there and there are a bunch of old mirrors on the wall in this place. And there's a liquor storage room that's like really long and wide that has like a billions of really, really old empty whiskey bottles oh, in it. Cool. That are probably from the distillery that, right. you know, was there before. Um, the basement, they called it the China Room, and I never got an understanding of why that is. Mm-hmm. But when he got there, there was like a stripped down sports car down there. I mean, there's all kinds oh, wow. of shit down there. Right. And they had floored over these wells. The wells were not visible when he bought the place. Mm-hmm. Um, all the dressing rooms for the girls had been put down there when they turned it into the Latin corner. Mm-hmm. So they were like individual rooms and cubicles with like the chairs still sitting in front of the vanities with the like, oh, yeah, you know, floor to ceiling mirrors. And, um, Let's see. The casino room where the casino tables used to be was like massive with 10 foot ceilings. Um, Damn, this place is huge. It's big, right? And the walls were covered with beige leather. That they, uh-huh. they turned that into the um the uh the bull room, mm. you know, cuz they oh, got wow. the electric whatever yeah. you call it. What do you call that? Electric bull? Yeah, that thing, the bull, yeah. the bucking thing that you yeah. pay $10 and hurt yourself in a giant like padded (laughs) baby pool um and then off of the casino there's um there's this room that he notices with like steel steel bars like on the windows and he realizes that this is the casino cashier room Mm. and they had actually built it around this massive like he'd never seen a safe this size it was this big cylindrical safe that said built specially for ea brady 
on it. It was printed on it. And um, the room was so small, they realized they had to have built the cashier room around the safe. Like, there was no wow. way they could have gotten the safe in after they Tornado built the room. shelter. Sorry. I know, right? <laughs> um, so that was kind of, I mean, the place is sort of fast. I can understand why yeah, he wanted it. Absolutely. You know, I mean. A lot of work, but. Oh tons of work. Good and, and again, built in 1850. Yeah, history. History. So much. But I mean, gotta have a, a structural so problems galore, work right? work and money. I can imagine. And there was an attic room upstairs that could be an office or an apartment you know they had a backstage area but that i mean because they did dancing shows they had a catwalk above it that led to a spotlight room um a little tiny cube of a room and now on the wall of this little room was a poem that had been written straight on the wall so that poem is part of one of the most popular ghost stories at bobby mackey's oh. um that it tells that there was a dancer when it was the latin corner in the in the 50s and the dancer's name was johanna and her father it says was a mobster at the casino she fell in love with a singer at the casino named Robert Randall and um, her dad didn't like it. And he had Randall killed. And um, then Joanna poisoned herself in her dressing room was the story. And there's another story that says she poisoned her dad too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she wrote the, the poem on the wall before she died. Well, it turns out Bobby Mackey's full name is Robert Randall Mackey. Oh, wow. And there's a theory that he's the reincarnation of Johanna's lover. So when he bought the place, she started showing back up to see him. Oh. And um, people started talking about seeing an apparition of a woman in a long flowing white gown. Um, They would suddenly out of nowhere feel like chills, like something was moving Mm -hmm. through them. Um, And they would smell rose scented perfume. And that was her calling card. That was Johanna's trademark. They knew that, you know, that ghost had been there if they could smell the rose perfume. So um, Bobby actually even wrote a song about her and he did not buy this stuff. Right. He was not into these ghost stories when Mm -hmm. they opened the place. You know, he didn't buy it, but he wrote a song about her. And I've got a video of it if you want to see it. I'll I'll give it to you and we can do it in the newsletter. Um, But uh, so listen, the Johanna story is almost certainly not true. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an online pub called Doubtless, uh, Doubtful News that pointed out in 2015 there are no records of a suicide mm-hmm. by any woman named Johanna in the area in that time period. Don't ruin it for me. Listen, it's still good. <laughs> there's in 1919 there was a woman who who killed herself and her name was Johanna, um, but it was the totally wrong time period. So it doesn't mean that that wasn't something that happened, right. but it means that it got twisted most likely into right. something else. Um, they they also pointed out that a mobster is not going to let his daughter dance burlesque in a bar. Correct. Um, because that's considered low class. Right. And so that, that, yeah, I mean, right. again, not saying some of this didn't happen, right. but it's not happening the way that Probably, they said it Probably, yeah, some stories got smushed together. Exactly. And the poem in the spotlight room is actually a lyric from a 1951 song <laughs> by Tony Arden. So anybody could have written it. <laughs> right. And and they actually, I'll, I'll post a picture of this too, because I do have a picture of the poem that's written up there. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't taken it down. They never cleaned it up. And like, they've got the song lyrics, but then somebody has like written an arrow to the side and put something about hell. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like, and somebody wrote red rum down at the bottom. Oh, just, you yeah. know, shout out. Yeah. But um, also now here's the thing. Most of the story came from a purported diary that was found by the caretaker of the bar, whose name was Carl Lawson. And he is his own story. And he, to me, is the more interesting part of this. Even mm-hmm. um, Carl was the first person that Bobby hired to help renovate the bar when he opened it in 78. He was creepy as shit. Uh-huh. He was lanky and young. He had big glasses. He had scraggly long hair. And he was like kind of absent. Mm-hmm. Like he was 
daydreamy and weird. Mm-hmm. And um, and he knew all the stories about the building before they moved in. Mm-hmm. So when he met them, he all he wanted to do was be at this bar. Right. And he's a little obsessed. Yes. So he becomes the caretaker and he actually moves into the attic room above hmm. the bar. And he lives there all the time alone hmm. with a shotgun under his bed. And he talks to the spirits. So this diary that he purportedly found burned up in a random fire in a bar bathroom. Imagine they don't have evidence of this diary. Uh He swears this fire is set by spirits. Mm -hmm. But fire seemed to follow Carl around. And, you know, south wing of the bar burned down at one point. And I feel like that might have actually even been before they opened. I can't remember when that happened. Uh Um, There was a fire in the old kitchen that had they, you know, firemen had no evidence of how it started. Mm -hmm. Carl also happened to be a volunteer firefighter. So he might know a tad about how fires. You know, that's usually how it works. Right. Yeah. So Carl actually tried to talk to Bobby about some of the things that he felt and saw in the bar when he first started working there. And Bobby was just like, shut up. I don't want to know about this. You're going to scare people out of here. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about this. Right. Keep it under wraps. And um, Carl started talking to Bobby's wife about it. Mm. And she did believe him. She was pregnant at the time that they bought the place. And she listened to him partly because she already hated the fuck out of this building. Right. It creeped her out. She walked inside. She felt like things were watching her. Mm-hmm. Um and it made her really uncomfortable. So when he was talking to her about all this she's stuff like, that he's seeing. Yeah. yeah, she's mm-hmm. like, of course. Um, and one day early on, this was before they opened the bar. She said that something came up behind her when she was alone. She got that cold feeling mm-hmm. and squeezed her around the abdomen like it was trying to kill her baby. Oh and when God. she tried to move away from it, she felt pushed down towards the staircase and she almost fell down a flight of stairs. Wow. So, um, you know, she had what, you know sounds like maybe an experience in this bar mm-hmm. um and so you know she, anything that he say is gonna in kind of influence what she thinks moving on too right you know so people do regularly feel and hear weird shit at this bar mm-hmm. and you cannot deny the number of different people and they say sworn affidavits from a lot of them and this is the reason why all these shows and everything keep coming back right. it's not just carl's story right though i will tell you Carl is the origin of a bunch of these stories. Mm-hmm. And you know that what he's saying is influencing what other people are hearing. Right. But um, people hear footsteps like they'll be down in the lower levels and they'll hear like footsteps like not just one person, but like a tribe of people mm-hmm. like like they're dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a jukebox there that multiple people have said while it was unplugged and they're alone in the bar, it will turn on and play the song The Anniversary Waltz. Hmm. And you'll go over and you can unplug, you know, you can make sure and it wasn't turned on. And that song isn't even in the jukebox. Oh, damn. But it's always that song. Mm-hmm. Um, people, a lot of people get that cold chills feeling in the place. Whole lot of people say that they've been pulled, pushed, hit by something they can't see. Wow. Um, people have said that they've seen a big black dog um, running around in the bar. People hear voices saying their names when they're alone. Um, the sound engineer at one of the shows once said that something took control of the soundboard and started moving the levers up and down. Um, people see transparent figures, like even while people are on the stage, like, like floating through the band members, they've said, wow. Um, bands, um, have heard moaning sounds coming through the mixers when they're practicing before their shows and doing tests. Um, people have felt nauseated and dizzy whenever they walk into the old kitchen room. Um, there, that smell of roses 
that is Joanna's trademark, that mm-hmm. comes up a lot. Like a lot of people separately report that having happened. And that's from early on when the place was newly opened and Carl was still not supposed to be talking about this shit. Oh, wow. So many people, many, many, many people report seeing people in the mirror in the fiesta room. Fuck that. Or in the bathroom. <laughs> people who aren't there. And there are mirrors all over this fucking joint, yes. too. Nope. Um, I would be uh, like, I would be in my little woo woo hazmat. Seriously, (laughs) right? It's like I can't look in the mirror. mirror. (laughs) Oh, and this is oh, (laughs) here's a good one. So one night, this guy um, named J.R. Costigan, he was a regular at the bar. He said while he was washing his hands in the bathroom at the bar, he looked into the bathroom mirror and saw. And this is straight from a bitter Southerner article called um, "Honky Tonk Haints," which I'll link to also because they're spectacular and they Mm. always have like the best stories. They do have the best Um, stories. But this quote is. a man-shaped, oh, so Corrigan, or Costigan saw a man-shaped hole in the air, complete with a cowboy hat. It came at him, punching, kicking, clawing, beating him until he fainted. Upon recovery, he ran straight to Bobby and told him he had to get tr- get control of his club's evil spirits. Bobby laughed, assuming it was a joke, but Costigan wasn't laughing. He sued Bobby for negligence in allowing the ghosts to operate without any warnings to patrons. The judge threw the case out, recommending that Costigan take the matter up with a higher power. <laughs> Following the advice of his lawyer, though, Bobby put up a warning sign in the entrance that says, we cannot be responsible for what happens to you. If ghosts attack you in this joint. Damn. Um, so How many and, and I've got a picture that of that warning. too, right? And yeah. it's right up there in the front. So like, I've got a picture of that also. Um, so th- there's a lot of different people that have experienced stuff there. So I'm not saying that Carl made everything up or is responsible for everything. Mm-hmm. He definitely stoked the fire. Yeah. So there was a... Um, no pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> he um, And he, by the way, that like, I don't, I probably could go down for libel for that. I think I think Carl is I think he died several years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I didn't actually find anybody who was saying like Carl started fires. But I've read this stuff and I'm like, um, why are there always fires? <laughs> like, right. You know? and you're just putting two things together. And, you know, a lot of arsonists are f- our firemen. Yeah, yes. I, I've firemen. seen backdraft. God. Right? <laughs> How many times have we mentioned that before? I think I've mentioned that before. Like Stephen Baldwin fucking somebody on top of a fire engine has come up on this show. <laughs> don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I would remember that. <laughs> there you go. Go home. Watch backdraft. Um, the, so there's this this writer named Douglas Hensley that um, that started frequenting the bar. He was there in 1989. He um, ended up finally coaxing Bobby and Carl to start talking about these stories. Because, again, Bobby was like, do not talk about this. Right. Like, we don't want people to stop coming here. So in 89, Hensley wrote this book called The Terror at Bobby Mackey's Music World. And people started coming for the ghosts. Right. Marketing. And, uh, yeah. And it gained traction. And they started going on. You know, that's when they went on Geraldo and Jerry Springer and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this time, Carl got crazier. So um, he convinced people after all this stuff had started, like, people start coming. They're getting more attention for these ghosts. He's getting more attention now. Mm-hmm. He convinced everybody he was possessed by demons that came from the well in the basement. Because at this point, they'd done more renovations. They pulled up the floor in the basement and they'd found these wells that he called portals to hell. Which he probably already knew about because he knew everything about this building when he moved in. Right. So, um... They, um, you know, like I said, I said at the beginning, Kentucky is full of people that don't believe in ghosts, but they believe in demons. Mm-hmm. And he said he was demon possessed at this point. He started acting like a total shithead to people in the bar. So he would sit down and like talk in weird voices to ladies. And, you know, he started being aggressive and, you know, people started complaining about him. 
if you ask me, this dude was a bit creepy from the beginning. Right. Um, Mental health issues. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. But um, so I read this story, 1993 manuscript that Hensley, the same guy who wrote that first book, released called The Exorcism of Carl Lawson. Because it got to the point where um, Bobby and Janet called a couple of preachers to come out and have a sit down with this kid. Mm-hmm. But listen, they've already gotten a lot of attention for this. Mm-hmm. So they bring like two video cameras and a local newspaper guy mm-hmm. to come out and sit for Carl's exorcism right. the first time. So Larry Kidwell, this preacher, and um, a Reverend Glenn Cole, who he knew, they came to perform an exorcism. They brought these cameramen. They did it in the old kitchen. Um Carl didn't really act up during this. Like he kind of seemed like he was like, no, I don't want to leave Carl. And then he just kind of quit. And the newspaper man like was noticeably disappointed by this. Like everybody was just like, Oh God. All right, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they left. Well, you know, of course the story goes after everybody left, they went back in to Mm -hmm. try again. And of course the camera didn't work the second time when he started doing all weird ass kind of shit, Mm -hmm. like to the point where then they, they report that like he started bleeding, like his, like just crazy stuff. But of course there was no evidence of this Mm -hmm. stuff happening, but there was a third time they did go back in and catch him off guard these two preachers and Mm -hmm. they had video they had multiple people there again though Mm -hmm. to record this and i will link this video because we it's on youtube you can watch the video of carl's exorcism it's like a three-part video i'll just link the first one Mm because honestly it's not that impressive right i hate to say i'm like a critic (laughs) i'm an exorcism critic but i've like learned enough from lorraine warren that are certain hallmarks of possession and this guy does not have them right he's got hallmarks of some weird mental issue Mm -hmm. because he's like you know he's like throwing himself around and he's like you know his voice doesn't change he it just it seems like he just doesn't know what to do and he's trying to give them what they want right but you know eventually he says he has been exercised of these demons the preacher goes on says like if you don't pray the sinner's prayer and go to church they're all gonna come back mm-hmm. so you know but um so i'm not i'm not all about the demon angle of this right but damn the history of this like yes. so much shit has happened in this place oh my god that i would say if you're anywhere near there go to bobby Mackey's music world um because it's just it sounds fun actually too. go right. ride the bull you know have a blast their motto actually now is come for the ghosts stay for the music so um good motto do it yes that's, like so that's the story of bobby mackey's thanks river the story of bobby mackey's music world yes is bobby mackey still alive i believe he is i believe he is and i think he may still be singing too oh wow mm-hmm. wow that's my long story cool going to take a quick break and we'll be back i need more bourbon all right we are back and we're back and we're back yes i don't know is the place that this bar is is it like um which like west east central i feel like it's like central north maybe slightly west it's like at the highest point of kentucky right well that was interesting because um my place is like at like uh right next to the ohio river um at the top northernmost part of kentucky as well no way i went through several different stories when i was researching like something in kentucky and definitely like when i don't have time or if i ever have time which i don't um 
there's like a lot of things. Like you said, it's very rural up there, mm-hmm. especially during the early days. And it's even now, it's like I, I looked at a uh, Google map and because I, I was trying to find this place that I'm talking about today and I couldn't fucking find it because it's, it's very rural. There's a lot of um, ruralism. <laughs> Ruralism. <laughs> There's a lot of trees. <laughs> oh, I would say okay. So mine, uh, we'll we'll call it like eastish, northeastish oh, okay. is where because okay. it's since it's just south of Cincinnati, mm, yeah. it's just north of Lexington. Like, okay, so mine's straight north of Lexington. All right. So today I'm going to talk about um, Leah Smock. And who is the witch of Battletown, Kentucky. Ooh! So, Battletown, Kentucky is in Meade County. And when I'm saying rural, like, I was trying to find this place. And I found it. And Battletown is an unincorporated rural community, um, like I said, in Meade County. And it's just west of the Ohio River. But it's like, I don't know what part they called the the big bend but it's like we're all this squiggly where it looks like kind of an ekg reading where the ohio <laughs> river does come like that um so it's like just very close to it um and it's a little bit southwest of louisville kentucky okay so that's what we're looking at and it's wild and remote and like i said it's forested and this takes place in the early 1800s so it's still like has all this forest and you know very little population um even today so it's still kind of out in the boonies oh wow um battleton like if you look at it there's like a road called pine pine ridge road um intersects with battleton road and there's like a post office and that is Battleton. Oh wow! This is this is like how rural. That's tiny. It's like yeah, a post office and maybe three other buildings, and that's kind of like that's it. So not even a one stoplight town. Not like even a maybe a stop sign. And this kind of happens. Yeah, this happened. I don't even think it had a light. I mean, it, it was just maybe a stop sign. Um, so this happened um, early 1800s, and Leah Smock was born 1818. And she was reputed, so again, there's several different stories, and we talk about how these folklores kind of get smushed together, um, like, you know, what actually happened, and then what, you know, people purported to have happened and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, several, well, not several, because, it, again, not much. There's, there's like, it's more oral history for this kind of stuff. And it was really hard to, there was like some newspaper articles, but again, I digress. Um, (laughs) The reason I'm saying this is that she was reputed to be the daughter of a witch that with considerable power, but in actuality, she was the daughter of a barrel maker. Hmm. Um, And if y'all get this joke, kudos to you. Um, Her father was a Cooper, not a Hooper. So get it. Yeah. Okay. So she was the daughter of a barrel maker. And at that time, the big industry in Battleton was like, they had these quarries, they have rocks, they have limestone. And so um, they would put, I think, the limestone or whatever in the barrels and they would ship it down the river, Mississippi River, to like New Orleans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of like what was keeping the money flowing in this very small town, very small community. So um, 
And of course, her dad made barrels. And she, her dad's name was John Smock. And uh, Margaret Ann Scott Smock was her mom. So two different stories. One was she was like wild woods orphan girl. Other stories like she had parents. And I think more or less she had parents because there are descendants. Um, I have actual photos of her parents um, from like a um, one of the grave sites or whatnot. And people saying oh. that they were like related to um, Leah. Gotcha. All right. But, you know, again, rural community. Uh, a children run free through the woods, killing time. Um, and you know, depending on neighbors to like, you know, either feed them during snack time or you know, if you think about nowadays, mm-hmm. like you know, your kids got to eat and they're running wild. You know, they're eating berries out of the forest. They know how to, you know, survive on their own a little bit more than probably kids do nowadays. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I thought you were saying that was what our kids do now. It's like, mm. sometimes my kids do those things. <laughs> Eat the berries. <laughs> um, but, you know, one thing about Leah um, is that she was very intelligent. And I think, ultimately, that was kind of the downfall. That's here. what makes her a witch. That's what makes her a witch. So she was, um, she was very intellectual. She was pretty. Um, she knew about things in the woods like herbs and natural cures and whatnot. Um, so she also, they say, possessed powerful intuition. Again, highly intelligent. Yeah. She probably made connections a lot faster than most people. Yeah. Um, said to have second sight and predict through natural or spiritual reasoning things yet to come. So again, highly intelligent, kind of the Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. kind of person of the village. But, you know, again, very young. She had like a, there's there's two different, again, things I felt like she had like a good energy about her because she loved animals. She loved being around animals. But then I read something where she would shriek at people and just get probably mad or frustrated at them. Of course, if she's yeah. highly intelligent, she's I was probably say. Oh my God. extremely frustrated at stupid people yeah. and just had no filter. <laughs> oh my so, God, I love this witch. So, yes. Yeah, so, but she loved animals. She had a sense about animals. Um, they said that she could control um, a, dogs that were known to bite. She'd go up to them and stuff. And then again, stories of her say that you know when she walked into a room somebody's black cat like went screeching out the house Mm. so cats are evil though cats they could have been the black cat could have been repulsed by her good powers right regardless she was an outcast because of of whatever you know probably of, of being a smart young girl um and it said that she was followed by fear and by death by within her community. Hmm. So let's talk about how people viewed her. Um, it said like children would play with her and, and one time um, while they were playing together, a child picked up a stick and supposedly Leah said um, to put that down because it was a Condon stick. I do not know what a, I looked up on Google Condon stick Uh-huh. And there was, like, no reference to it. But I'm assuming that maybe a, a, a witch's wand yeah. would be, like, the closest thing. How and did I, they spell it? Uh, C-O-N-D-O-N. Okay. Hmm. So that's, that's something. That's going on my checkout list yeah, for later. Yeah, go on the checkout list. But that was, like, one of the things in the newspapers. She was accused of driving two boys who teased her to go crazy. Uh, uh, uh. So, 
Okay. I really like her. Yeah. I do too. And this this is this is I was like, I wish my kids would do that. Yes. There, there's so many. I, I am totally fascinated and, and I looked up Southern witches and, and just witches in general. I'm totally fascinated by this idea of witches and how in the early days it was so it was the scapegoat for things that were going wrong within the community or strong-willed or intelligent uh, young women. And then how nowadays it's pretty much been claimed or reclaimed by the same women and formed into these feminist groups. Mm -hmm. Um, Nasty women. Nasty women. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, during the day though, it's, it's sad. So this story does not end well. Um, so she she was thought to have cursed and caused the death of horses um, because the owners forbade her to, like, pet them. So she, she started get, building up this reputation. I don't know if it's because she was just yelling at stupid people or maybe she was a little bit off or maybe, you know, something about her was not the norm of this community and people wanted her just to stay away. They were very superstitious of her. Mm -hmm. And so when she wanted to pet the horses and then the horses all of a sudden died, um, they blamed her. Hmm. And so of course, don't know the full story. She could have been a psychopath. She could have poisoned them. (laughs) We don't know. Right. We truly do not know. I mean, there's so many different ways that this could have gone and we just do not know the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, She was said to cause the death of an infant whose mother refused to let Leah hold the child. Hmm. Again, I'm sure infant mortality was extremely high during this frontier time. Um, Crops failed, blamed Leah. Calamities happened, blamed Leah. Um, you know, a lot of shitty things happened, you know, back during the early 1800s and, you know, you have your scapegoat there. Of Mm -hmm. course, it's not the centers, you know, of the community. It's a center and that center is going to be labeled a witch. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, one, and one of the articles, like there's some articles going back to the seventies, um, talking about her, and somebody said one of the most damning evidence against Leah is that she could like predict future things. Like she was known to like be able to tell when people were about to die hmm. and saying that it's just probably because she just had a really freaking high IQ. Mm-hmm. And if you could look, some people can make those connections and they could look at somebody and say like, Oh yeah, that person's not long for this world. Yeah. I was it, it say, doesn't, there are doctors, there are hallmarks of death that, like, right. That people see. are attuned to. And she just obviously caught on that to that at a very early age but well and like you said if she didn't have a filter where other people may have seen that and kept it to themselves she may have just been like oh you're dead yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we sound so mean (laughs) so um so growing up it was a little bit rough but her dad you know was a cooper and not a hooper not a hooper but a cooper fuck if i know the difference (laughs) I thought you did. I thought that's why you said it. (laughs) (laughs) And she helped him a lot. And one account says that he died, but she was still running his place. Again, I'm not sure that was exactly true because there's evidence that um, later on they had him and his wife had another daughter and she Mm. lived. And this may be where the descendants come from in the line. But one of the stories says is that... um, 
you know, the community just, you know, things kept happening, bad luck upon bad luck. They blamed Leah. So one day a mob formed. They waited for her um, dad to leave. And while she was in this, they they went in and got her and tied her up around her waist and her arms. They Ugh. took her to a smokehouse and they burned the smokehouse down. So they, Fuck them. They murdered her when her dad was away. She was only 22 years old at the time. Uh. Um, so she is the only, and this is one of the... Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, there's several stories like this. And there's actually even a story about a male witch in Kentucky that I'm going to try to look up um, a little bit later on to maybe speak about. But the most significant thing about Leah's smock is that she is the only female in the U.S. to be burned as a witch. Really? Yes. Salem witches were either hung or stoned. So she's the only witch in the U.S. to be actually burned. No shit. Holy cow. Um, very shortly after she was burned, her ghost appeared to her mom um, at the smokehouse. So her they, the report saying that her mom went to the smokehouse and uh, her ghost appeared to her. So they took her body from the smokehouse and, you know, went into the woods a fair bit and buried her. And then almost immediately, there started to have stories um, about her ghost appearing. And it was Lady in White. Mm-hmm. She's um, supposed to have like long, dark hair. So long, flowing, dark hair, Lady in White, um, seen with like the ties that the community tied her up with to take her to the smokehouse, oh. still on her body. Um and she mostly, like, you know, appeared to hunters um, in, because she was, like, buried out in the woods. So the town people, like, after hearing all of this um, ghost reports, uh, freaked out. And they went to the quarry. There's, like, you know, again, quarry being their main business there. Mm-hmm. They went to the quarry, and they got a bunch of sandstone. And they kind of dug up her grave a little bit and put sandstones down um, all over her grave to keep her, supposed to keep her spirit. But it's like, you know, <laughs> horse has already left the barn, you know, kind of deal. Um, obviously, it did not work. <laughs> so, again, she's been seen white garment with cords at the sleeves and the waist, floating with no legs. One said that she was surrounded by a purple haze or an aura. And the town folks Ooh. were like, you know, it really kind of like freaked them out which they should be they fucking murdered this yeah. child this intelligent that's what woman. guilt looks like yes yeah. that is what guilt looks like um and so you know years went by things you know there were still reports now and again of, of seeing a ghost by hunters because it's not like there's no main roads they took her out and they buried her in this remote forest um and it eventually became, let me find the name of the cemetery, the Betsy Daly Cemetery. But I tried to find that cemetery and it's not listed. And it's actually on somebody's private property. And there's like 30 people, 20 to 30 people buried out there with her. But it's like, if you just go walking in the forest and find a gravestone, it's kind of like that. Because it's, oh, it's wow. all covered. It's not open areas, not neatly mowed anything. It's just like... You know, you have to know where to go. And, and right now it's, I mean, it is on private property, so you don't need to go there. Yeah. Um, kind of deal. Because they will shoot you. They will shoot you. Uh, let's <clears throat> see. 
nowadays, like, you know, her legend has lived on and people who are either related or know about it, you know, oral history have passed down the story. And people who go there nowadays, um, you know, strange things have happened, like battery, they'll lose battery on their cameras, they get confused or lost. And again, they kind of blame her for that, her ghost for, you know, distorting you know, their sense of direction. <laughs> of course, I just blame bad sense navigation skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, I suck at this. Yeah. And so also like recent stories that they found Cooper tools like at her grave. Oh. And um, it's just really, you know, computers have malfunctioned, phones have malfunctioned. But um, there's actual video that I'm going to put up if you subscribe to our newsletter. And it, uh, it's of like people on Halloween. So like a small group of townspeople will go walk there. It's like a mile. It's like off the road, a mile or so down these deer trails. You have to know where you're going. And then it's like this one lone grave. And I got a picture of it. Cool. Um, you know, of her just early demise and we'll never know the true story, but it's just, it's sad and I hope she's haunting the hell out of everybody there. But anyway, so that's my story of Leah Smock. Oh, that's kind of awesome. I know. I, I but do sad. kind of love her. And I, I yes, and very sad. Um, there are like, there is a history of witches in Kentucky. And this is like another thing. Like I said, it's going to interest me and I'm going to follow down the rabbit hole. Um because I think she was, there's like a stopping point where women stopped being murdered. Or there was like a tale of two women who were accused of, of being witches and they tried to burn them and they wouldn't burn. <laughs> and so that like was supposed to convince them. <laughs> You're like, take that, bitches! <laughs> yes, that, that they weren't witches because they didn't burn. So they tried to like light them on fire again and oh it didn't God. work. And then, like, somebody, is that a real story? Can you tell that somebody, story? <laughs> yes. Somebody stepped in and basically said, "Look, obviously, you've had your fun. Stop trying to burn the women." Clearly, they weigh more than a duck. Clearly, they weigh more than a duck. Exactly. Burn her. But that was the story of Leah Smock, the only witch in the U.S. to ever be burned alive. Wow. Oh, that's such a fucking horrible, like, way to be remembered. But I've decided to remember her as, like, the original nasty woman now. Absolutely. Give them hell. Way to reclaim that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so. Happy Derby weekend. Happy Happy, Kentucky weekend. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Sign up for the newsletter. And get the shit. Get the shit. Oh, let's talk about our, real quick, the peerless Oh, oh, yeah. We're going to be live at the Peerless Saloon in Anniston, Alabama, uh, the 14th of May. 14th of May, 7 p.m. We may even test our sound in advance of that date. Yes. And hopefully we'll be giving you that live on the internets also, because that's what we plan to be our show for that week. So, yes, hopefully it's all going to work out. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Send all the good juju. 
Um, like I said, first time for us. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yes. Be nice. Be nice. And um, we hope to see you there. Oh, and send us listener lore. We still want to do listener lures. We've got yeah. one that's kind of partially in the can, but we need a partner for it. So if you've got an awesome story of something that has happened to you or something that you know about, yes. tell us your story, Reach email out. it to us, message us on Facebook or Instagram or tweet us. And something. And it's not hard uh, to contact us. So let us know your story because they are very popular and we will talk all about you or we will call you anonymous. Whoever you want us to like present you. I was like, you're going to call you what? (laughs) No, we will not be mean to you. We will be nice to you. All right. Yay. Yay. Y'all have a good day. Bye. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thestrangesouthpodcast.com or on our website, thestrangesouth.com. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, it being in southern Idaho, uh, <laughs> such fuck. Ohio, Idaho. That's just going to be our our catch all word for the box states now. <laughs> That's right, the box states. We're in Idaho. Uh- <laughs>